My name is Nick Flower, and I'm a clinical psychologist who specializes in behavior therapy. And I'm Lauren McLean, and I am a therapist who specializes in behavioral therapy as well. Welcome to Psychologically Incorrect. This is a podcast about real life through the lens of behavioral psychology and applying the lessons of clinical psychology into everyday issues. In today's episode of Psychologically Incorrect, we're going to be talking all about social media, uh, the utility of it, some issues or problems we see with it, and some thoughts and strategies about how to manage your consumption of social media in a way that feels values consistent for you and um, not something you get stuck in. So enjoy. All right, let's get started. We're going to talk about social media. Um, we're going to first jump in by talking about the utility of it. Uh, and it's not all bad. So I'm Lauren McLean. I'm here with Nick Flower. So Nick, what do you think about social media? Well, um, good introduction. I think it's really <laughs> good that you led with um, it's not all bad because the temptation is to uh, is to go there. And you and I have had many conversations about the negative aspect of it. We do not want this to be a Debbie Downer about social media. Although, um, God, I'm loath to say this. Trigger warning, some of it will be uh, <laughs> negative, okay? <clears throat> so what do I think about social media? Oh, my gosh. Man, remember, God, you know, I, I'm reading a book by Chuck Klosterman at the moment. Uh, I, I think, I'm pretty sure I read it from him, that we are the first generation, our age group, that um, can see or have a, a knowledgeable memory of pre internet and social media and post uh internet social media well not post i suppose ongoing but um it's quite a time uh, quite an experience that we have because we both remember when these things didn't exist and what life was like so um nick God, you're we're, you're aging us <laughs> i know that's all right Whatever. i know i'm kidding but yes um, no good point and uh and um i thought that was an interesting point and you know, let me just ask, what was, the, what was your first social media uh, introduction? What was it for you? Um, well, I was a junior in college when Facebook dropped. And I remember one day I got a notification like, hey, join this Facebook thing. And I logged, and it was only available to colleges at that point. And remember, right. it started with like a select number of colleges, and then it got Ivy broader League. and broader, right? Ivy League, yeah. Um. I didn't go to Ivy League, but, um, but yeah, no, I got the email and I remember I logged on and I lost like a lot of time being like, what is this thing? Oh, look at this yeah. person. Look at this, look at this. Um, yeah. so yeah, I was a junior in college. That was my first, uh, exposure to Facebook. Yeah. Mine, mine wasn't, mine was MySpace. Okay. So oh. that's even, <laughs> you talk about dating yourself, right? And, sure. and again, these these weren't too many years apart, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but but no, it was MySpace, and it was like, oh my god, this is crazy. You know what I mean? You can have your own your own space. What a great name, MySpace. MySpace on the internet. You know what I mean? What a really good name. Um, but it really wasn't yours, and uh, and anyway, it, it turned into what it turned into. But you no, know, it, it initially was this very neat thing where you could connect with people and 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 have your sense of individuality and your own color and your own flavor. You get to put that out there, like you're hanging up your shingle, your social shingle, um, out to the world. And 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 there's a lot of good in that. There still is, you know. Um, 
But God, you know, what do I? If you you said what I think about it, I, I have really mixed feelings about it, and most of them are at this point negative. I mean, um, uh, but uh, I think we're going to talk about utility first. Is that yeah? Is that so, yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like that could be a really short point, which is yeah. it obviously brings people together. Right. I mean, you can't deny that, right? Like, well, online it does. Online it brings them. Well, I mean, well, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, like, you know, people I went to college with, I know what their kids look like. Right. You know, pre-social media, if they lived states away, I would have right. no clue what their children look True. like. I'd have no clue what's going on in their life if I didn't pick up the phone and talk to them. You know, like, there is an ease of being able to share pictures and information and have conversations and be connected to people. Sure. I mean, so, like, that's even your own social group. But, you know, I think that people that have, like, rare disease can find communities of the people oh. that have this specific type of cancer totally. on Facebook or the Internet. And that is an immensely comforting and helpful thing for them to feel connected to 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 a group of people around the world that they would not have had access to. Um right. That kind of stuff, you know. I mean, there's. You know, I agree with you. Those are all great points, and and and, uh, and I'll give you some more. I mean, well, one of mine, one of the ways that I personally really like Facebook uh, for is uh, networking with other professionals. And so, uh, you know, as you know, there's an I treat we both treat OCD primarily, and there's an OCD therapist Facebook group, and everyone that's on there is very friendly. We're always sharing ideas and. You know, um, and I'm on a couple other groups about business strategy and stuff like that. And so, that's just Facebook. You know what I mean? We're not talking about Instagram and all those other ones. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of good that come from that. I do find it strange. I do know what some of my high school, the people I went to high school with, what their kids look like. I would. I, it's weird because who knows at what point in my life I became friends with them on Facebook. I sure as hell weren't friends with them in high school, which is weird. You know, but all of a sudden now we're Facebook friends. Um, and that part's weird, but, uh, but it's not, I think it's mostly harmless, you know, Agreed. um, but yeah, but I, I think that is cool. You know, there are friends that I stay connected with every once in a while on a face on Facebook, you know what I mean? It'd be like a, a, a saying hello or whatever, or, I hope you're doing okay. So that is definitely the good, you know, and then I, I mentioned to you last time we talked and we were kind of pre-gaming what we might talk about today was that the, um, you know, the whole Arab spring. Uh, and in Tahir Square and uh, you know Egypt, what was that? 2014. I can't remember exactly when. That whole thing was fueled by people getting together for a common cause to take down a dictator in in, in, in Egypt. And that was wonderful, a wonderful use of Facebook. Um, there are other examples, though, which we can get into later, where Facebook has gone dark. You know what I mean? And, and been used for bad purposes and harmful purposes. But yeah, there's uh, so many things have, have a good come. And then we're mostly talking about Facebook in this moment. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I'm not even on Twitter. Uh, Me either. Are you? I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm not on Twitter. That's probably the only real social media I use. Right, right. And so on, on one hand, you know, when we bash it in a minute, like it's hard for us <laughs> to be too bashy if we don't even engage. You know what I mean? So I don't want to speak sure. from... You know, I'm knee deep in all these things and I've figured it out. You know what I'm saying? But absolutely. Um, but with Instagram, like all those things, like think about all the, pic the, the pictures you get to share with family and friends. I mean, most people communicate with their families that way with regards to, you know, oh, let me say, you know, no longer. Oh, my God, do you remember when you had when you got pictures developed? 
uh, <laughs> as a kid, you know what I mean? And, and I remember, and I say this sometimes to be funny with my family, I'm like, oh yeah, take a picture of them on their iPhone. I'm like, oh, get doubles. Because that's what you used to say back in the day. You'd say, get two of them, get doubles, so I can have one too. Yeah. Funny, quaint thing to say and to think about and remember. But, um, but you know, with Instagram, stuff like that, you don't have to do that. So there's a lot of good people coming from that. Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, and I'm glad that you said that. Like, we're not, you know, we haven't evolved past any of this. We're humans just like everybody else. Like, we interact right. with it and we have, you know, our feelings, whatever. So, so yeah. I mean, certainly there is some utility. And I think that, you know, in, in a made-up fantasy world where social media ceased to exist, like, I, there would be some genuine sadness that, you know, I'm sure you and I would, would feel too, right? Like, there's certainly a mixed, um, mixed feelings. Okay. So we already know the, you know, that there's obvious, you know, utility. I think, I think the other, maybe perhaps utility point is that, um, sometimes it's a nice distraction. It's, it can feel good, you know, like it can feel good to, you know, do some scrolling, to watch some Mm -hmm. videos, you know, it's sometimes nice to check out, like, you know, there is an inherent, like, there's an inherent value, like people wouldn't do something if they didn't get something out of it. Right. And that, you know, that's like part of behaviorism 101. Um, we get something out of it. Absolutely. You can't deny that. Yeah. The distraction would be negatively reinforcing by definition. Okay. Sure. For the most part, um, you know, for the, and I mean that and, and, and not in a negative way, um, like, yeah, if I just want to just blow some time, uh, at the airport or whatever, and I can just go on social media. That that's that's an effective use of that. You know what I mean? Or can be. Um, so no, that's a great point. You know, there there are there is there are good things that come from social media. Let me say another one: algorithms. I, I've heard people, and I I complain about them too. Like how does how does Facebook know when I'm there? How does Twitter or what? How does these other platforms know? You start to get ads and stuff like that in a way that's super creepy, but. I tell you what, I've bought a couple things, you know what I mean? Or I've been suggested a couple things. YouTube isn't social media, but, um, you know, it has the similar platform where it'll recommend videos to you or something. I've discovered bands and music that I like or, you know, well, frankly, YouTube, I do a lot of stuff around the house, you know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know how to do something. Oh, my God, go to YouTube and or Google it and in a second. Not only now, what's creepy now is like I'll, I'll Google a particular thing. It was about elect- I was doing electrical work, and it was like a, an outlet question I had, and I Googled it, and of course Google finished my question, and then it found the exact point in the video that I needed to watch to answer my question. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So the question that I had, I had it answered for me in five seconds on the internet. You know what I mean? That's not necessarily social media, but it's along the same lines of, you know, uh, of, of the good that can come from these technologies. That we are very quick. I think there's a knee-jerk response in a lot of places to just sort of say it's all bad. Oh, and totally. That's why you and I are both opening this discussion up, talking about the good that can come from it, and I think that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, I, the other, I love. I think we can put YouTube under the umbrella. Like, I'll, I love polling the audience and say, I need a contractor that does this. Give me some ideas and recommendations, book recommendations, podcast recommendations, right? I mean, like the information, you know, you certainly can't deny. So, um, absolutely. Lots of utility, lots of purpose. People. I say one more thing I like about Facebook that I think is really cute, actually. Great. Is these groups, these buy nothing groups. Oh, I love buy nothing. I think this is, I think this is a very cute 
<clears throat> I mean that sincerely, a quaint almost. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost bringing together of the community in this 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 room, uh, this 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 virtual room. Where hey, I have this. Um, these lilac bushes that are going to die. Uh, does anybody want them? I don't want them anymore. And you'll get like 50 people. Oh, I'll take them. I'll be over in five minutes. You know, like, oh, that's cool. And then here you are literally sharing, you know, flowers uh, with another person that's going to live and breathe in, in their yard and in their environment and give their family joy. And maybe that sounds corny or hokey, but, but I think that's a really, really cool thing about uh, Facebook in particular that I like. So Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah, totally. Brings people together. You can't deny it. Um, okay, cool. So next point is we'll do a abridged um, scratch the surface of potential problems we can see kind of from a psychological lens um, from social sure. media. Yes. Go first. Lead off. Okay. All right. Polarization. Um, we are so polarized these days. And, you know, Facebook and Twitter... Twitter probably even more so um, thrives on this. Then let me just say, and I think you'll agree with this: there have been people more studied than this who have spoken on this topic better than we're going to today. Um, in particular, there's a movie out there called um, you've seen it, I think, on Facebook. It's about uh, the social dilemma on Netflix. Have you seen that? I put, uh, yeah. I mean, I had an ostrich moment. I just, it, I've heard enough that it sounds painful. I'm not sure I can do it. I need to be brave oh, and do very it. Very interesting. In the discussion that we're having, it is very, thank it's you for. Too uh, upsetting. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't. Let me watch The Sopranos. That won't be as upsetting. <laughs> okay, let, me, let me see people get whacked and then that'll be. Right. That'll be better. No, but um, but it's it's wonderful. And they, and they speak to this much better than I am. But, you know, and some of what I'm taking is from that. It's like. These these algorithms that are developed are are built for the purpose of of almost fomenting this disagreement because there's something primal about our humanity that makes us go towards that um, the, the the things that that we disagree with or we or that we you know what I mean like those disagreements like I had to unfollow somebody on Facebook because although I really like this person and I like her politics she what's it called she trolled people like randomly and I would see all that and I would read it because I'm interested in like like somebody will say something that I think is dumb or something or unwise I'm trying not to say dumb but um, but like to st like something unwise I'm like oh my gosh what a dumb thing to say what's she gonna say and then I'm like interested in the back and forth dialogue this argument like a five-year-old but it's not actually a five-year-old I'm, I'm i'm a 43 year old and i'm a human being and i think like i just said i think that we're prime i don't think i know that we're primed to look at those things um and 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 facebook and twitter they they, they, they that's the fuel that gets people clicked that gets people engaged in this but it's it's engaged in this vitriol this 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 separation this polarization it's incendiary and, um, yeah, there you go. That's a good word. That's a good word. So I think the polarization of our politics. I, I this is one that I think this is the probably the, the main reason that uh, to to not be on Facebook is the polarization because there's you're just in your camps and that's it. No one else gets in. It's an echo chamber. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's 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 talk about that. If if I have somebody in a news feed 
that's posting something that I disagree with, my response is going to be, oh, like, why would they say that? Like, that's so dumb, or I don't believe that. And like, why do they think that? And how can they think that? Mm -hmm. And what's my instinct going to be after a while? Unfollow, right? And like, what the problem with that is the nature of saying, I disagree, unfollow, show me less of this content, is Mm -hmm. that the chasm gets deeper. It will always get deeper because, well, as you said, an echo chamber, I will eventually curate my feed to only Mm. see what I want to see. And I wouldn't blame or judge anybody for that. And I'm I'm certainly guilty of curating a feed that I would want to see, but there is an inherent limitation in that is because we get, we become intolerant of other perspectives that we don't like. And so we say, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. And then what happens, like I said, the chasm gets deeper, the camp get farther apart. We become more Mm -hmm. and more extreme and we become more intolerant of what we don't agree with. And that is hugely problematic. More intolerant of of others, but also more emboldened in their own beliefs. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you look at, we'll try not to get too political, but both political parties, you know, have really loud factions at the extremes. Right. I mean, and if you think it like, how, how do we think that happened? How do you think these factions at the extremes have found other people that share those beliefs? Right. You know, social media certainly has played a role in that. Um, Absolutely. I would, I would say as, as an accelerant, I mean, let's, cause let's not be, let's not be naive. I mean, people have been polarized for a while. Um, uh, but Actually, that's not even true. I mean, you, you could look at, I don't want to get too political, but, you know, it really started in the in the 80s uh, where the polarization really started to happen. Um, but 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 this was fuel on the fire, in, in my opinion, um, the, the social media as it has developed. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I mean, polarization. polarization. I mean, I, I guess one more thing I'd say is like, you know, without social media, like, I don't need to know what every single person whom I know what their beliefs are. You know, if I saw my neighbor and he wanted to, or he or she wanted to talk to me about politics, I'd be like, hey, let's like talk about your lilacs. <laughs> like, let's talk about yeah. your kids. Let's talk about work. Let's talk about you making any cool recipes. What's going on, right? Like, you, that's where more natural conversation happens in real life. Not so much, what do you think about so-and-so? And so like, you know, there's room to kind of broaden our topic in real life, um, where social media kind of necess- you know, it, it perpetuates. I agree. Can I give you, can I give you an example? Sure. So, um, <clears throat> my, uh, something that I would have, if I saw it on Facebook, I might've had one reaction, but I had an interpersonal interaction with something that I had a different reaction. Um, so my neighbor, we were talking about the gun stuff, the, 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 the most recent shooting. Sure. And um, he said, I'll tell you what he said. I'll tell you how I interpret Because I know the guy and I, I like him. Okay. Um, but he said, he's my neighbor. And he said, um, he said, you know what it is? He said, it's when women got, the, uh, got out of the home and started working more. You know, um, that's, you know, he was kind of like leading to that's where you see not that's not the direct cause of gun shooting oh that's where else. kids went 
awry? Awry. I think he he was kind of going in that direction. Is that's when you know when when the working when 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 the, when the two parent household became no more. When the woman started to to have a career, you know, who's uh, watching the kids? Who's watching kids? That's something like that. Now, this is a good hearted person. I, I I know who he is. I've had conversations with him many many times. Not about politics stuff, but sure. Like, I, I generally view this person as like a good, well meaning person. But if I just saw that, con- and so what I take him to mean by that, and if I would have continue to drill down that conversation which i didn't because i was like i don't really want to you know get into it because i was he's my neighbor and i'm i'm i'm, I'm doing stuff i don't really it's like i'm, I'm <laughs> mowing the lawn here like what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly um but uh but honestly i just didn't want to get too far in sure. there because i don't like talking politics with my neighbors that's another part of it but anyway um he said um i think what he meant by that and it's a generous interpretation but i could be wrong is that just loosely, like, yeah, like, it's, it's good to have two parents in the home, heterosexual or homosexual or whatever. You didn't say that part, but I did. But, you know, it, 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 it is good. It's a good thing. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an important piece to that about, you know, raising kids in an environment where there's two heads as, par- as parental figures. <clears throat> and that somehow you know, that we, the, the we see less of that, and I don't know if the statistics are true on that, but I, I'm just, let's take it that it is. You know, that's the sentiment he was going for. And I, and, I, and I take him at that. I don't think it's because women are working and, sure. you know, that's the, the causing it. But if I saw that online. It's mm-hmm. a great example. I'm, I might have been like, unfollow. Mm-hmm. This guy is an a-hole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this guy's a blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And I think in, in the marketplace of ideas, that's a terrible thing. That's such a cliche thing to say. Um, but in, uh, in Facebook, I think I would have been more easily to dismiss that. Does that make sense? Is that a good example? That is an excellent example. And I mean, really like the spirit of what he's saying is the more present the parents are, yeah. the harder it is for kids to fall down the rabbit hole. And I, you know, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, you know, as a working mom, I feel great about, you know, the part about women leaving, but. About how we got there. But sure. But like, yeah, I always tell my husband, I said, I don't, I don't want a really big house because I want my kids to feel the presence. I mean, I'm sorry, the pressure of my presence. I want my kids to like, feel me all Hmm. up in their space. Like, (laughs) And it always, it makes us laugh, but like, no, I think that I do think that's an important value. And I think, you know, there might be some like misplaced blame there, but like the spirit is good. And on Facebook, you would just say, Oh, mute. Oh, you're talking about his, the spirit of what he was saying. Yeah. Now, if he would have drilled on further in my conversation and said, no, no, women shouldn't work. They should, you know, be told what to do and, you know, have dinner on the table when daddy gets home. No, no, okay, 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 okay. Sure, this sure. guy's is, is drilling in even further than, 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 than I thought. But anyway, that's a good example. I, so, you know, we're talking about polarization. I think that's obviously, uh, you know, a big part of this. And the next thing we have, uh, at least that I have, and the thing that I wanted to bring up is, you know, the, the distractibility component sure. um, and, and boredom. Why don't you go with that? I know we've talked about that before. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big thing to keep in mind here is that when we, we, we create habits and social media and really phone use in general, we can get really established habits of I'm bored, I pick up my phone, I check in, I scroll, I see what's up. And if you do that, you know, God, I don't even want to know how many times a day myself and most people are checking their phone and checking in. But uh, the more you do that, the more you will do that. And then you get this pattern of doing it. And here's the problem. 
if if you look, you know, everybody gets that Sunday, at least you have an iPhone, you get the Sunday screen time. That's what I'm looking at. The right Sunday now, yeah. screen time report. Mm-hmm. For me, it feels like I have to like catch my breath every time I read it. Am I up or down this week? It feels like a real moment, you know? And if, oh, you know, really? for me, for I'll, I'll, I'll share mine. Usually I'm about four hours a day, um, which I don't feel great about because, you know, four hours a day. Do you know what I could do with four hours in my day? Um, How do I get back to last week? How do I go back to last week? I don't, I don't know. I think you have to go to the screen time report. But I have patients yeah. who tell me their number is, you know, eight hours a day. Right. You know, I mean, I've, I've seen much higher numbers. I've seen much lower numbers. I think that the real question is, like, how much time of your day in your life do you want to give to your phone? You know, yeah. and there's a distractibility component in where we're entertained, yeah. And the problem with being entertained is we no longer become industrious. We don't have to solve mm-hmm. the problem of what do I do with my time because mm-hmm. I'm entertained in a, in a very passive way. I can just consume contact, content. I can just sit here, do nothing, consume content. Um, right. And then we're not really living our life. And that, there's some sadness to that. Oh, 100%. I want to I wanna echo everything you're saying. This is the, the, the distractibility component really... I, oh God, I, the polarization is bad. Like there's a lot of bad things. And this is another huge one for me. I don't know that they're on, uh, on there's an order here um, because when you distract yourself from boredom, you're missing an opportunity to learn. Yeah. You're missing an opportunity to learn what to do with boredom. And uh, you know, what conversations aren't had, you know, what, what, what insights aren't given? I, I, I don't mean that to sound, uh, whatever it sounds, I don't care, but it's true. Um, I'm with my family, you know, and if my mom's on her phone when I'm in the room with her, that bothers me deeply. Um, dad, same thing. Sister, when I'm at a family event, and that bothers me. And I, and I purposely keep my phone in the car, so I'm not tempted by it, you know. Um, and in my own life, like, um, I, I will wait till she looks up at me before I engage her in conversation. And then here I am chewing on some a- anger, you know what I mean, until she looks up at me. And that's not good. That can't be good for our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> both, maybe both for her to be on that phone, but also for me to, to bite my tongue about it and sort of be passive aggressive. You know, see what I mean? And say, um, no, I'll wait till you're done, you know, or whatever. <laughs> or ignore her or leave the room. Like, that's not good. What am I, five? You know, I, you know, I have to... Be, but, no, but you're bringing but anyway. up a really good point. And here's the point that you're that I'm hearing from you is that mm-hmm. when we are witness to it, it is upsetting mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. But you and mm-hmm. I also get lost in our phones mm-hmm. and we have a blind spot to that. And we don't see what mm-hmm. we look like when we are doing mm-hmm. that. We see what mm-hmm. other people look like and it is upsetting mm-hmm. to watch. You know, and so it's it's funny that you do that with with your wife. My husband and I will take turns, and be like, "Hey, what are you doing? Get out of there! Come back! Come back!" And we mm-hmm. always laugh about it. But you know, usually when some when we get called out, we're like, "Oh, just give me a minute! Just let me finish this one right. thing that we're looking at, right?" right. And like, right. the whole point is, it's upsetting to watch. And I think most people feel that way. Do they? I, I don't know. I hope they do. Um, you think that's just I, us? Do I think it's upset? No, I think you get upset watching your family. I do, and I, I I think others do too. I just, I guess that what I said there was me saying like, do they really? 
what I meant by that was if they if they really did, they'd change. But that, I know that that's not true because people want to do all kinds kinds of things and they don't. Yeah, you do this too. I'm sure your wife gets upset watching you scroll. For sure, for sure. Um, but I will say, because this bothers me so much more, I really try to um, not be on it so much. Good. Can I give you my? Can I give you my time? Yeah, give it. My time. I average about an hour and ten, an hour and seven. This week it's been forty-eight. So I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if that's low. It seems like it. Wait, an hour a day? That's it. That's the only. That's you're on your phone an hour a day. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're all gonna need lessons from you to to cure (laughs) our phone addiction because you won. I'm not trying. I don't know. Am I? I mean, look, there it is there. See? Look at you. I said I was four. Jesus. <laughs> well, I don't know, but I think, but I think this speaks to it because I, I just. It's okay. Future no, episode, you'll give us all lessons. Listen, it's not okay. I don't, I'm not, I was, I shouldn't have said that. No, I made you. No, no, no. Me. You don't have to apologize. I'm kidding, but yeah. good for you. That's, that's the correct answer. Good for you. But it's but it's but it but I, it it really burns me up, and that's and I'm so protective. Like I can go on for ten podcasts about the ways that I think these are problematic, and boredom is a huge one. And so that's why with my own children, I'm very strict about this. You know what I mean? Uh, they don't have a phone. I don't know when I will. I think I'm gonna have a huge problem when they turn teenagers and want a phone. It's gonna be a big deal. But um, but but I think I think both of us to finish this up and move on to the next point that we you and I both agree that boredom. And, you know, um, and, 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 the, and the attempt to alleviate all boredom constantly is, is a big problem. Boredom has value. Yes, it does. Boredom has great value. Okay. And I don't yeah, think people appreciate that, but yeah, go ahead. Um, okay. This can be a quick point. Perfectionism. I mean, I know that uh, as, as somebody who, like, you know, we'll use social media. When I see people living perfect lives and perfect outfits and perfect bodies and perfect kids and perfect careers, like that, that normalizes perfection. And uh, the more perfection is normalized, the more that it's normal to feel inadequate and to want that too, you know? And I know that this is something that we see a lot with young women, a lot with teenage girls that they have to have perfect bodies and perfect lives and perfect everything, perfect appearance, perfect, 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 perfect. Um, The more you see it, the more it's normalized. And that's just kind of a bit of a fact. And it leads to a lot of, like I said, inadequacy, self-loathing, wanting to fix correct compulsive behavior over exercising, plastic surgery, spending money you don't have, you eating, know, disorders. eating disorders. I mean, eating, eating disorders have skyrocketed over the past, you know, however many years in recent times, um, more than we've ever seen it before. That is almost a direct relation to, um, to to what we see, what girls are seeing on Instagram and Facebook, and trying to craft this <clears throat> quote unquote perfect image. Yeah. So I think I think you speak about that. Um, yeah, because you're you know everyone looks like they have these great lives or whatever, but we're all fairly the same and and no one is having that much fun in in real life um <laughs> not if you're on facebook or so or... <laughs> no um yeah exactly let's talk about the rise of social anxiety um sure. and um social media as a replacement for actual 
socializing. Um, and, and what's the quote that I said last time? The apification of socialization as a degradation for real life socialization. Meaning that we, we look to these apps as a, um, and I, I know people that do it with video games too. They'll look at, they'll play video games and their friends are on there too, so they're socializing. Well, we're not really, you know what I mean? They're not in the same room. And this might sound like just some old man talking on a podcast, whatever a podcast is. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but, but there is value. And we are wired for socialization. We are wired for human connectedness. Um, and these things, like social media, masquerades as that, masquerades as social media. It's probably just a, it's a great branding strategy to name a social media, whoever came up with that. Um, I don't know how that name came to be. I'd be interested to look that up. But uh, but it's wrong. It's not actual socialization. No, I, that's a great point. I think, um, I mean, think about it. When If I see you in real life, and but you post everything in your life on the internet. I don't have to ask you what's new because I know you just got back from the beach and you just tried right. that new restaurant and you just right. opened your pool and blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. And so there's really like nothing you don't need to hang out, you don't need to talk because I already know everything that's going on with you, you sure. know. And like, there's you're missing this opportunity for connection and joy and you know, just the ability to be in the moment. Like my husband's not on social media and at all in years actually. And when we, ha he said that one of the coolest parts is that when he would see people and they'd say, what's new? He'd be like, well, I had a kid. They'd be like, oh, no way. I didn't know you had a kid. That's so awesome. You know, and mm -hmm. being able to have those moments and genuine moments and not just kind of find out about what's happening in people's lives on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is like, that's really meaningful. You know, I mean, I think like uh, some uh, people, a lot of people use uh, Twitter to talk about sports. Um, mm -hmm. It's way more fulfilling to chat with people you see in real life about what's going on with your teams than to just run your mouth on the Internet. Like it's a much more fulfilling experience to do that. At a bar stool with your friend over a beer or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, 100 percent. Or even your neighbor over the fence. Exactly, exactly, which I've done with my neighbor. Totally. It's great guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I don't know about his views about women. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but anyways. Um, well, the other, the, other, the other thing I want to say before we move on. Sure. Is, uh, did you want to do like the what now piece? No, I had one more thing to say about this, but you go first. No, okay. Well, just that um, I put on my notes Dorito salt. And, oh, yeah. And the reason I put that is because the um you know the dorito manufacturers and let's we could take this to any chip that you like or any 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 uh, mass-produced food item you know what i mean twinkies whatever um they have chemists no doubt i don't like know this for no sure. they do food chemists it's a thing food chemists i'm quite sure and and i've seen documentaries and read some things they have the particular salt that's just like that just hits the hits your tongue at the perfect spot that hits that neurotransmitter at the perfect spot so that you don't just eat one Dorito. No human ever alive has had one Dorito and like, yeah, that's it. I'm good. Mm -hmm. No one said that. And is that because you have a weak, uh, you know, willpower or something? No, it's because the, you know, you're, you, the, 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 the deck is stacked against you here, um, with food. And we talk about it with food all the time. And I think social media is the same thing. They have psychologists, uh, social psychologists, um, 
engineers, whatever, to build these platforms to keep you scrolling on your phone at your family dinner when the people that you love most in the world are right there in front of you mm-hmm. and in your you're elsewhere you know what i mean and i and i think and people you know they feel bad about it. Oh, i wish i was more fair. yeah right well you you have crack in your hand you have crack <laughs> cocaine in your hand you know that you yeah. can put down and 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 so i don't feel I, i'm like i don't bemoan but just like i don't um blame people who are overweight because they can't keep their hands off of the doritos they're doritos if you had one you know <laughs> yeah that, you know what i mean whatever um, but anyway, that's just, no, you're right. It's engineered and designed. Um, I, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last thing I was going to say, have you ever heard of Robert Putnam's book, uh, bowling alone? No, uh, I read it back in college, but so it's interesting. Cause you know, that was in 2006, five, something like yeah. that. Um, so that was a long time ago, but he was talking about kind of socially that 20 years before 30, 50, you know, maybe even more people had bowling leagues and they had civic organizations and they had all sorts of, you know, like the uh, Knights of Columbus and like all of the different uh, Elks lodges, the VFW, all of these like civic organizations, we needed them for connection, especially churches, synagogues. Like, you know, we had social connection through social institution and bowling leagues, have declined greatly. I mean, and he wrote that book in, in the early 2000s. So, you know, we didn't, we weren't bowling in bowling leagues then, but we've gone even further in that we don't need those organizations and we don't use those. Those organizations are not as strong as they were because we have social media to connect us now, but we don't feel as though we need them, but we do need them. Absolutely. That makes me want to join a bowling league or something. Join a bowling league. So you're not bowling alone. Read the book. I mean, it's certainly a good one, but I kind of told the point, but but yes, I mean, if you think about where, where, where will your life be more fulfilling in a bowling league, in an intramural softball team or running your mouth on Twitter. And by the way, I think that's the big thing about, and this will be controversial to some, but I think that's the big thing about religion and churches. I don't think most people might, this is my guess. Most people don't go to church for God. They go for Becky in, in the pew that I sit next to. And I really like. And, and the social the afterwards. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, as a kid, that's what I like so much about it. You know what I mean? When I uh, was was in that game, in that world. Um, but uh, anyway, I know that's controversial, but I think that the connectedness is what we go there for, not necessarily God. But anyway, um, what do we do, Lauren, about this? What are some suggestions that we have? Yeah, so, about- so let's talk about our suggestions for what are our best little tips and tricks for how to get numbers like Nick, <laughs> how to be less dialed in to feel like we have more agency and choice and industry in our life. And we're less kind of defaulting to boredom, um, getting our numbers down. Cause when you get your numbers down, then you're living your life. If you're living your can life, I, your life's more meaningful. Can I start? So Go. I, I, I'm a huge, I'm a so behavioral psychologist. I, I, I believe in, in, in structuring your environment for success for greasing the wheels. You know, for example, uh, for for behaviors to occur, for wanted behaviors to occur. So that might mean when I go home, I put my shoes on, my tennis shoes, because I'm going to take a walk to go exercising instead of putting on slippers or something like that. That's a s- small example. But, you know, and with regards to phone um, and, 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 and social media, you know, you could delete certain apps on your phone um, and only use those uh, social media on your computer, for example, which is a, normally a stationary thing for people, or even a laptop. They have to open it up. It has to be charged, all that stuff. Um, 
you know, deleting apps. Um, a big thing I suggest for people who are having a really hard time is leave your phone in your car when you come home for the evening. You know what I mean? Um, or for certain periods of the time. One, that gets you exercise to go put it out there in the car. But number two, it, you know, it, it creates distance between you and the thing that you're trying to avoid. I, by the way, I recommended the same thing for um, drug and alcohol, um, people that were addicted to drugs and alcohol back in the day. If you put space between you and your drug of choice, you decrease the likelihood that you're going to be using it. It doesn't make it impossible, but you decrease the chance, and that's what we're looking for. And then in that time, you might fill that with something more fulfilling. Same thing with social media. So those are my first two. Yeah, so, okay, so let's see. Deleting the apps, only using on your computer, keeping it in your car out of reach. Sure. You said a lot there. Um, let's see what I would add to that. Um, you, I, I like to, you know, the behaviorist in me, I like to create, like, little rules. So, mm. like to put some kind of like parameter on it. So, you know, we were talking about how we don't like to witness people using, and you actually gave this example. If you don't like watching your, your mom use it, if you don't like, and you know, I know that you're not a child, but um, if you don't like watching your mom use it, I'm guessing some part of you feels like invisible, like, hello, I'm here in the room with you too. Like if you have a young children, maybe a really simple rule that you have is don't scroll on your phone around your children. Now, there's a really easy solve. You could just go hide in another room and do it. But mm -hmm. it just creates a different level of intention. And I think that's a little more values-based. So if I'm with my kids, my phone is away. That's a really simple rule that you could do. I agree with that. But you, you threw in there. You could just go into another room and scroll. But that's not the point. That's not the and point. I th and I, and that's the point. And so don't diminish your good idea by saying that, because I think that's what people do. They're like, well, they just find ways to shoot through the through it. And I think the, I think it's a great suggestion because you're elevating the importance of um, watching your kids. You just watch them in the playroom or whatever, or in the kitchen, just like draw or whatever. But like, or you're just being present with them. Like you said, you like to be up their butts. You like you like <laughs> your presence to be known. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's a great. I think that's a great little rule. Yeah. Well, and I would say like. It wouldn't just like, don't just watch your kids play with your kids. You know, if they're drawing, you're drawing, right? Like participation, I think is more value space could be more meaningful. Um, other little rules I was going to say, that will go, go ahead. That will go into another podcast we do about parents. Oh, we're going to talk a lot about that. I don't yeah. really play with my kids. Um, oh, I like okay. them to go, you know, go play. But anyway, that's fine. It, we'll it, come it, back to that fun. one later. We might debate on that. It's probably not black and white, but, um, okay. Another rule would be like, don't sleep in the same room as your phone. So that way, first thing in the morning, you're not scrolling. Um, last thing at night. Right. I, I like to put my phone upstairs when I go downstairs to watch TV at night. Um, so that way I'm only watching TV. I'm not tempted to be on my phone. Um, so create like little rules of how you can keep it out of reach. But with the point of intention, I am doing this. So I'm not doing that. Um, right. the other thing I like to do is the, I always joke the algorithm knows exactly what you want to see. So if you mm -hmm. delete the app and only download it once a day to check in, to see your top hits, you're going to see the top hits mm -hmm. in five minutes. Cause it stores up everything it knows mm -hmm. you want to see after five minutes. When you've, when it starts mm -hmm. to get stale, delete it again, do it again the next day. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I like taking weekends off where I'll delete the apps for the weekend so I can be pretty mm -hmm. present. Um, so just creating like little, uh, we, you know, behaviors, we call them behavioral experiments, create little behavioral experiments, little behavioral rules. Like I'm going to do this without that. I'm going to take one night break from this. I'll download it again at 10 PM, check out the highlights for the day. And then I'm going to put it away again, you know, 
Yeah, that way you take ownership of it, and it doesn't take ownership of you. Because, like I said, there your the car the cards are really really stacked against us. And you know, go ahead and watch that documentary when you get around to it. Sure. Um, you know, it's on Netflix. It's called uh, Social Dilemma, and it, it, they just really emphasize the cards are stacked against us. So we have to take control back of of our of our lives, honestly, and the way that we want to be spending our time. Um, because these companies want to sell things to us. Um, we are a pawn in this game, and the more that we, I hope, really, I think that the documentary filmmakers, I, I think they hope the same thing, the more that we are aware of this. Well, that's the thing, as you, you and I both well know. Um, awareness is one thing, but, but, but doing something about it takes planned, purposeful, action and commitment and grit you know to 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 see this out yeah um so that's a great point i think i would expand on that and say i think being really intentional about the content you want to consume um i i know that this might not everybody's gonna like this might feel really bad but i will ruthlessly unfollow not because i don't like that person but because I'm trying to spend less time on this thing anyway. And so I actually only want to see what I want to see. And Mm -hmm. like, like I said, I know, I mean, that's hard and apologies for anyone that's listened, that I ever unfollowed. I swear it wasn't, it's not personal. It's not you. It's me, but um, it's be really intentional about what you want. I I guess the other thing too, is there's so many influencers and that's a, another conversation for, I guess maybe another day, but Mm -hmm. Watching influencers is like essentially watching QVC. Like you're getting a nonstop mm-hmm. sales pitch and ask yourself, mm-hmm. do I want that sales pitch? You know, mm-hmm. do I want to be consuming this content? Um, and that goes back to the mindlessness. Try to switch for more mindful use and asking yourself, do I actually want to be consuming this content? Right. And be a part of this or do I want to make my own decisions about what I want to do with my time? I like how you said you unfollow people. I have too. Like that person I told you about that posted things that I agree with politically, but she was trolling people, and I was like, "Oh, you really got that random person that I don't know." And you knew what else I would do? I would click on that person that she owned or whatever. Totally, yeah. Right? And think, "Oh, that person looks stupid." What? Am, then I was like, "What am I doing? This is insane." Uh, Becky from you know, that's second Becky reference this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Becky from Tulsa, Oklahoma said something racist, and I'm like, yeah, Becky's terrible. Like, why am I? Why do I care? What am I doing? And that's um, not who you like, want to be in the world, and so that's why you need to unfollow. So there are solutions. There are things that we can do. Um, and social media does have a lot of good in it. There's absolutely that. That, that is so true. Uh, but then there's also a lot of things that we need to be aware of as, as, as people, as a society, as a culture, as families, as husbands and wives and fathers and children, as teachers, um, you know, and, uh, and, but there are, there, are, there are things that we can do to manage it instead of having it manage us. Exactly. More mindful, intentional consumption. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Good talk, man. See ya. See you next you, time. I'll see you next All time. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Credit to our theme music to my brother, Andrew McLean. Please subscribe, leave a review, and tell us what you think. All opinions are our own.